Uh, welcome. Good morning. Uh, welcome to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. It's good to gather here in God's presence and to respond in worship. So welcome to all of us here and those who are joining online. We're thankful that we can be together and, uh, and joined by God's Spirit. Uh, as we begin, I just want to highlight a few things, some announcements. If you, if you look in your order, I just always want to point out on the inside cover, there's information about the children's classes that are uh, going on today. Uh, one note in children's worship, which will be dismissed in a little bit, they're going to come back to the service today to witness the sacrament of communion. Uh, also, if you go all the way to the back of the order, there's announcements, and uh, I encourage you to take a look at those. And uh, we're going to highlight a couple of them. Uh, Brian's going to come and share about a, a men's event coming. Good morning. Uh, next Saturday, May 21st at 8 a.m., real early, I know, uh, we're going to have men's breakfast. So please come. Uh, there's a sign-up in the weekly email. Uh, just if you could do that, and if you plan on coming, do that uh, so that we know how much food just to have. So come, and we're going to have some fellowship and hang out for uh, a couple hours. So Thanks, Brian. So that's, that's next Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. And also next Saturday, there is the, the close of our art show in the community space. There's a closing reception next Saturday evening at 6. Encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to see, come and see the work. But also here, the, the, the artist, the Asher, he'll talk about his work, and it's, it will be great. So I encourage you to come to that next Saturday evening. Uh, one last announcement. Will Atkins is going to share on behalf of the deacons. Hey everybody, good morning. Um, a couple of things uh, to share. First of all, just uh, a thank you for yesterday. We had our day of service. Um, uh, we had a couple of teams operating, one here at the Church of the Nazarene, and then another one at our church office over on Rockwell. So uh, it, was, it was great. We got a lot of work done. Some painting was done here, um, and a lot of yard work done at the church office, and then, and then we had pizza afterwards, so it was really good. Um, so thank you to everybody that showed up, and, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, and then second, uh, as you guys, um, most of you are probably familiar, we have a benevolence fund, um, also sometimes called the Deacons Fund. Um, I just wanted to offer a reminder about that. Um, two things, one, just kind of a reminder of what it's for. Um, it's really for needs that come up in our community, both within our church, within our neighborhood, if, if that applies. Uh, things like unexpected medical bills, uh, loss of job, life changes, financial needs that come up that we could be of service um, to, to somebody for. Um, and then just uh, if, if you're interested in giving to it, um, you could do that in a couple of different ways. We really encourage you to, to think about giving to it. Um, and you could do that either by putting a check in the offering plate here and just writing Benevolence Fund in the memo line. Um, or also, if you're already giving online, you could do a gift to the Benevolence Fund the same way. You can have multiple uh, re recurring gifts uh, through the online giving um, through the Breeze website. Uh, so if you want to give to the General Fund and then something also to the Benevolence Fund, you can do that too. Um, if you have any questions, contact me. Contact one of the deacons. If you're aware of any needs where the Benevolence Fund could be of use, uh, same thing, contact me, contact one of the deacons, contact Chad or a pastor, um, and we'll make sure to talk about that with you. So, thank you. Thanks, Will. Well, God has called us to come and to worship, and as we prepare to do that, let's take a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves to come before God.
148. Our call to worship is from Psalm 148. If you'd stand, we'll sing together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise Him, for He is thy health and salvation. Hallow who here, now to His temple draw near. Join me in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord who o'er all things so wondrously reigneth. Shelters thee under his wings, yea, so gently sustaineth. Hast thou not seen how thy desires have been planted in what he Praise to the Lord who doth prosper thy work and defend thee. Surely his goodness and mercy here daily attend thee. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do if with his love he be friend. 
praise to the Lord, oh, let all that is in me adore Him. All that have life and breath come now with praises before Him. Let the Amen sound from His people again, gladly for I Name that angels prostrate Bring forth the royal diadem And crown him Lord of all Bring forth the royal diadem And crown him Lord of all Ye chosen seed of his Israel's race he ransomed from the foe. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Let's sing verse 4. That which yonder sacred throne we at his feet may fall will join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. You may be seated. Will you join me in prayer? Holy, eternal God, you uphold all things, both earthly and spiritually. You sent your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to bear our sins, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We join the heavenly host and your people here on earth to worship and praise you, Lord God, who is worthy of all of our honor, all of our praise, and all of our glory. Gracious God, you invite us to weep no longer, to bring our tears before you, and yet our experiences in the world around us often move us to sorrow. We grieve the death of loved ones who have passed just recently or those who have gone years ago. Lord, we grieve with those who are carrying sickness and disease, either acutely in their bodies now or those with chronic pain, chronic suffering. Lord, we grieve with those who come anxious, despaired, filled with longing and not knowing where this mental anguish is leading them. And Lord, some of us just come filled with doubts, we look at the world around us and we wonder what is going on? Where are you in it? And Lord, in particular this day, we do wanna lift up the residents and community of Buffalo, New York. Lord God, we pray for the families of those who have lost loved ones in this mass shooting. Lord God, 
may our hearts not grow hard to this reality. May we continue to grieve and feel the weight of a darkness that seems to affect so many in our country. Lord, we ask that you would root out the hatred and the prejudice that first and foremost is within our own hearts here. But Lord, we pray that for the world. Lord, we pray that your grace and your love would transform, that it would bring renewal, and it would move us to repentance. Lord, may we, your church and the people, grieve with those who grieve, weep with those who weep, celebrate with those who celebrate. And may we bear witness with our words and our actions and our deeds, the one who is truly worthy of all glory and worship. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. The children may be dismissed at this time for children's worship. Well, as we continue to worship, God invites us to draw near to him with our, our sins, our brokenness, our questions. So we invite you at this time, this time of public and private confession, uh, to bring before him these burdens and to allow him to meet you there. We will do this through public prayer and private prayer and song. So will you join me in our confession? Almighty and merciful God, we have broken your laws. We have left undone those things which we ought not to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Restore us according to your promises, declared to the world in Christ Jesus our Lord, and help us for his sake to live a holy, just, and humble life to the glory of your holy name. Amen.
I invite you to take a moment of personal confession. Gracious God, one of the many reasons Jesus Christ is worthy of our praise is because we who have hearts that are often filled with hatred and prejudice and just our own wandering in this life, Lord, you forgive us by his grace and by his blood. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Will you please join with me uh, stand, standing, and we will say our words of assurance together, which come from 1 John chapter 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. Well, I invite you to greet one another and welcome one another as Jesus Christ has welcomed us.
Jesus' blood speaks loud and sweet. Here all deity can meet, and without a jarring voice, welcome Zion to rejoice. Welcome Zion to rejoice. All her debts were cast on me, and she must and shall go free. All her debts were cast on me. of conscience, peace with God, we obtain through Jesus' blood. Jesus' blood speaks solid rest. We believe and we are blessed. We believe and we are blessed. All her debts were cast on me, and she must and shall go free. All her debts were cast on me, and she must and shall go free. Should the law against her roar, Jesus' blood still speaks with power. All her debts were cast on me, and she must and shall go free. Shall go speaks by Jesus' blood. Hear and sing, ye sons of God. Justice satisfied indeed. Christ has full atonement made. Christ has full atonement made. All her debts were cast on me, and she must and shall go free. All her debts on me, and she must and shall go free. All her debts were cast on me, and she must and shall go free. All her debts were cast on me, and she must and shall go free. You may be seated. Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from Acts chapter 11, verse 1 through 18. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. 
And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were, sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter, and he will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them, God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. And the gospel lesson this morning comes from John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you. And uh, thanks, Chris, for reading from the scriptures. Uh, we're going to continue this morning uh, our sermon series. You'll see a note in your order. Uh, we've been looking at passages from the book of Revelation, uh, specifically looking at titles, special titles that Jesus receives uh, in this book. And so as a way to help us kind of uh, remember this, where we are in the series and kind of enter our passage, I, I want to say that Revelation has three main sections. There's the kind of the opening or the, the, uh, the prelude. There is then the, the, a long middle section and then a, a conclusion. And the last two Sundays, we've been looking at the beginning, this opening part. And some of the things that we learned, uh, whether we were here or this is our first time hearing these sermons, like what we, did we learn in those? We learned that John is the author. We learned that he writes from the island of Patmos, where he's been sent into exile because of his faith in Christ. We also learned that it's addressed to seven churches in Asia and that these churches inhabited some of the most prominent cities in the Roman Empire. And so as we think about the, the context, maybe we can think of some kind of you know, questions that, that swirl in our hearts or minds 
Things like, you know, what is success? What is a good life? You know, who is in control? Whose future looks bright? And everywhere these early Christians looked, in their holidays, in their social gatherings, in the symbols of their society, all of them said that Rome, Rome is in control. That being Roman is how you are successful, how you get ahead. Those are the ones whose futures are bright. This dominant culture would have told the Christians in all sorts of ways that the path of Jesus was foolish. Here is one who was rejected, who was defeated. Here is a loser. How can God be like this one? How could it be that this way of living is the good way? So the call to serve, the call to humility, the call to faith, to be generous, generous with our resources, all seem like foolishness. Well, Revelation offers a different vision. In the midst of a setting that told them that Christ in this way were foolish, Revelation gives a different vision. Rome is not ultimately in control. Rome is not the ultimate power. And Rome and those who are part of that do not hold your future in their hands. What I, what I hope that we can see as we go through this study is that Revelation is not ultimately about formulas or timetables, but rather the gift of a new vision, a vision that speaks to how the world is and will be, of what is true and what will last. And this new vision offered to us can be summarized with the first five words of the book, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that we're invited to see Jesus and to have hope, a new perspective, encouragement. So I mentioned last, the last two Sundays we looked at the beginning, and today we'll move into the middle section and look at a passage from Revelation 5. And in one of the ways this middle section moves is it repeatedly asks us to come and see. Come and see a vision of heaven centered on God. Come and see a conflict between good and evil, God and the evil one, angels and demons with Christ at the center. Come and see Jesus, the risen one, who has been victorious over sin in the grave, and come and see in the midst of your fears and doubts, come and see a different vision of the world. So let's look at our passage from Re Revelation 5. It's 5, 1 through 14. It's printed in your order. You can follow there or in your Bible. And this invites us to come and to see. Then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah the root of David has conquered 
so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns, with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. This is God's word given for our good. Well, as we look at this passage, there's two questions I want us to ask to help us enter into it. The, the questions are, why does John weep? And why is he invited to sing? Why does John weep and why is he invited to sing? Well, as I mentioned, we're entering into the middle section, and that middle section starts in chapter 4 with a transition where John says, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and a voice which I had heard speak to me like a trumpet said, come up here and see. Behold, come up here and see. And John sees the throne of God, radiant and awesome. John sees those gathered around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind, the first living creature like a lion, the second like an ox, the third with the face of a man, and the fourth like an eagle in flight, and all of them with six wings. Also, there's 24 elders clothed in white garments and crowns and countless angels. John sees and John hears, he hears the unending songs of the four living creatures. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. He hears the song of the elders. You are worthy, our Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will, they were created and have their being. See, John sees and he hears. And he sees the one to whom the songs are directed. And that brings us to our passage, the one seated on the throne. And in his right hand is a scroll covered in writing, sealed with seven seals. And John hears a mighty angel proclaim, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And John waited. 
but no one approaches the one seated on the throne. And we learn that no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth is able to open the scroll or to look into it. And John says, I began to weep loudly. I wept without restraint. And we can ask why. Why does John weep? Well, I want to ask you for a moment to think about blueprints. Maybe you work in a job that you actually interact with them or you've had a project at a home that you had blueprints that you could lay out on a table that got rolled up that have a grand and detailed design. Here in our passage, God, the creator, is like an architect with a rolled up design for what he is doing, a scroll in his right hand. This scroll that's sealed with seven seals, it contains God's plan, God's word to undo and overthrow the curse that infects all of creation. That our world needs to be rescued. And the question then, is anyone worthy? Is anyone worthy to face evil and to defeat it? Is anyone worthy to enter into death and to overcome it? Is anyone worthy? The question is inviting all of us who see and hear this scene to consider ourselves and consider in ways that we have participated in the curse, that you and me, that we're part of the problem and that this is at the heart of the challenge of the angel's question, is anyone out there who is not in themselves contributed to the curse and brokenness of this world. John is well aware of the condition of the world he's in. He's well aware of his condition and ours as well. There's no romanticism here. John is aware of the condition that we all share. And so the question, is anyone worthy, is also part of the question, can you make yourself new? Can you remove the shame or the guilt that stirs in your heart? Can you bring restoration to all places of brokenness in yourself or in the, your family or in this world? Can you fulfill the longings or heal the pain that you find within yourself or around you? Can we cast off death and loss? No one is able to open the scroll. It's like we're invited to this moment where you are locked out of a door. You want to go into your house, but you forgot your keys. There's no way, no matter how badly you want to get on the other side, that the door will be opened by your hands. No one is able. And so John, seeing this and feeling the depths of how he longs for things to be different, he weeps. He weeps loudly over the fear that things will never change. He weeps with despair that no one will bring a hope in the face of evil and death. He weeps at the consideration of being locked into his condition forever that his brokenness, that the ways that we are mistreated, the ways that we have mistreated others, that even our end, 
and death, that these will be the final words. And so John's response is one of deep honesty. And his tears invite you and me to bring our tears as well as we imagine a life or a world without forgiveness, without justice, without calling evil what it truly is. So why does John weep? Because in the scene of radiance, we're invited to feel the longing for things to be different, a different vision of the world. And so that brings us to the second question of why is John, this one who was weeping, why is he invited to sing? You see, as John weeps, one of the elders says to him, weep no more. Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He has conquered so he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And here we come into titles that are given to Jesus. Behold, the lion of Judah, the root of David, these are titles with deep connections through the scriptures way back into God's promises in the Old Testament. For there was a promise that there would be an anointed one, an anointed king who would come from King David's line. Out of King David's tribe, the tribe of Judah. And in the first book of the Bible in Genesis, when, Genesis, when blessings were being given to the 12 tribes of Judah, Judah, 12 tribes of Israel, sorry, Judah was described as a lion. From Judah will come a lion who will liberate his people, will face the curse, and be victorious. After the angelic announcement, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. Our passage slows for a moment, I think, to let us take in the words in the scene. You see what John writes? He hears this announcement, and so he looks. I looked, and there between the throne, the living creatures, and the elders was a lamb, a lamb slaughtered but standing tall. Seven horns he had and seven eyes and the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And this lamb who had been slain came to the one seated on the throne. He took the scroll from his right hand. And at that moment, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb. Each with a harp and golden bowl filled with incense, the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song a song that is different than the curse of the world, a song that is different than what we hear over and over again within our own hearts or within the world around us. A new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God. As I was thinking of this passage, I thought back when I was a student in high school, I had a, an English class 
that seemed like we had to read a book like every day, you know, <laughs> looking at David Feeder, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I have to say, you know, you keep telling me, Pastor Chad, this is not the confession time, but I have to confess, I didn't always read the books I was supposed to be reading, but I had a friend who always did. Somehow, he always read all the, all the pages. So occasionally I would ask, okay, what's this book about? <laughs> Can you summarize it for me? Tell me a good important scene that I should know about before this discussion in class. And I mentioned that, this idea of tell me, you know, give me a summary, give me a scene. Because what we're invited to see with John here, to hear with the singing, is not just in some ways the most, one of the most important scenes in the book of Revelation, but is of the, the whole scripture. If someone is going to ask you, give me a summary of what, who Jesus is or what Jesus has done, give me some kind of summary or, of what Christianity is, you could direct them to this that John hears about the lion who is worthy, and he looks and sees a lamb that was slain, that all creation's invited to fall down and worship. It is central proclaiming that Rome is not in control, that your future does not belong to those who are the strong ones who seem so glorious in our world. They're not able to fix themselves just like we can't. But here is one who is worthy. And we hear this announcement of this contrast between a lion and the vision of a lamb. Things that seem so different, right? The lion, the symbol of ultimate power, of royalty, of strength. And the lamb, a symbol of gentle vulnerability. And here, this one has been put to death. And through its sacrifice and through its weakness, it becomes a symbol of death. We can capture what, what at the heart is being sent here as we see that in Jesus, these two visions are brought together. The lion's victory, the fulfillment of God's scroll and plan for newness of life is accomplished through the sacrifice of the lamb. There is no other way. It's through the faithful life and death that Jesus has overcome. As the angel declared, he has conquered all those things that we cannot break ourselves free of, all those things that would hold us. Jesus has conquered them. The lamb who has been slain has been raised. And the image of the seven eyes and the seven horns speak of the vast accomplishment, the vast victory of this one. In his death, he faces our curse and tears, and in his resurrection, in his victory, he has gathered a people for God, that his life is the final word in our life. See, this is the good news. This is an image of hope a lamb that has been slain but is standing tall, worshiped by all, is an image of hope. Can things be different? Is there a different song that we could join in? Yes, because the crushed one is alive. The gentle lamb is victorious. The defeated one has the final word. And we are gathered to sing, John was invited to sing 
because we no longer belong to sin. We no longer belong to all the powers that would seek to claim us. We no longer belong to death. For through the Lamb, we belong to God, a people for God. And this is why John was told to weep no more. He's invited to see and to hear and join the new song. As we close, I want us to reflect on the scene, for it invites us to weep and to acknowledge the pain within us and around us. The tears of guilt or tears of hurt or despair, but it invites us also to bring such tears to Christ, the one who is worthy to open the scroll, the one who brings forth a new song. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are. And I pray, Lord, that you would meet us by your grace this day. For, Lord, we know what it is to weep. We know what it is to long for things to be different in us and around us. And so, Lord, we come to you seeking the new song to fill our mouths and our lips. We give you thanks for Christ's victory, and we pray that we would see that vision in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand with us as we sing. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the from heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. From his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. He Sweet communion 
Almighty God, in your wisdom, you have made and you sustain every creature in heaven, on the earth, and in the sea. Give us eyes to see that you are still the Lord of all things, and help us to persevere as we wait for you to make all things right. Grant us faith that we may join with your people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn. Having heard God's word, we're now invited to come to the table that God sets for his people. This table is a gift from Jesus, and it is a gift that helps us continue and to walk in faith as we await when Christ does make all things new. So this, this table, this family meal of God, is a pointer to the final banquet that Jesus will set when he gathers all people that belong to him to, that celebrate the meal together. But as we participate in this each week is a gift because it helps us remember that we belong to Christ, that by his broken body and shed blood that we have been purchased, we've been ransomed, and we now belong to him. So as we feel the shame of our sin, as we around us hear words that we belong to certain powers or that our future is really not in our hands or God's but someone else's, this table reminds us that we belong to Christ. Our place in God's family is not by what we have done or will do, but by his broken body and shed blood. So if you know of your need and your sin before God, and your faith in Christ as the one who redeems you, who ransoms you, who promises to hold you for all days, then come and eat and drink at this table. 
And for all of us, let it be a witness to who God is, the one who rescues sinners and brings them into his family. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this table, and we pray for this bread and cup that you would set them apart for a holy use. And by your spirit that you would meet us as we come. Let us come in repentance and faith. Let us entrust ourselves to you, Christ, the one who is worthy. I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, on the night that he was portrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I'm going to invite the servers that come forward. They can come here to the altar railing. If you are participating in communion, I invite you to come down the center aisles and receive the, the bread and the cup and go back on the sides. I asked if you're able that you would hold the elements until everyone's been served, that we can eat and drink as one family. If you're not participating in communion this morning, we still invite you to come forward. If you come to uh, Pastor Eric O'Brien or myself, we can offer you a blessing. Just put your arm across your chest and we'll offer a blessing for you here at the front. Let us now come to receive this gift of God.
Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. And Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. Well, in response to this table of grace, I invite you to stand that we can pray and sing as God's people. Lord, you proclaim from the throne, behold, I am making all things new. These words are trustworthy and true. Let us rejoice in this hope as we proclaim the mystery of faith. you that we can confess our faith together through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to continue worshiping through a time of giving our gifts to the work of the church. And so I'm going to invite... Uh, the greeters to come forward to pass the offering plates. Um, but as, as, we, as they do that, just take a moment to also say again, welcome. If you're visiting with us today, we're really glad that you joined us. A couple notes that there, on the welcome table as you came in, there is a, a information pad that you can fill out if you'd like to leave your contact information uh, with the church. Uh, we'd love to be able to follow up with you and share more about uh, who we are. And the other thing, uh, for everyone, there is a time of coffee and fellowship after the service. Um, You'll see a little fancy map in the back, in the interview order. But we just go around the corner to the, there's a school playground, McPherson Playground. And so invite you all to come over there. We'll have a chance to talk and enjoy some, uh, some snacks and some coffee together. Uh, last thing to mention, one final announcement that we didn't mention in the beginning. There was one leftover item from our day of service, uh, GROW, which is the neighborhood organization where the church office is located. Uh, asked if we would help distribute um, their newsletter, and so we were assigned the 4600 block of Rockwell. So if you have any interest to enjoy the weather over today or the next few days and, and put, pass out a newsletter to people's uh, mailboxes or doors, let me know. I, I'm happy to connect you with that. That would be a great help. We're going to continue worshiping God to the giving of these gifts. Thank you. Rise, we'll sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Live 
receive God's blessing. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. May you go in peace. <laughs>